Hey, what's up, Warrior? Jeff here from Warrior Life, and welcome to podcast episode number 438. So one of my biggest challenges in helping our Warrior Life Academy members is helping them to empty their current glass of knowledge. Because most of the time, it's been filled with misinformation about how to prepare for the threats that are ahead of us. Now, nowhere is this more obvious, and in my opinion, even more critical, than in how you're setting up your bug out bag for a forced evacuation. Well, a recent military study should be a big wake-up call for one of the biggest mistakes that I see over and over again. And I have some fast ways that you can transform your current gear from a deadly fail to a streamlined success. Now, all this is coming up in today's broadcast, and if you want, we've taken all the notes for you to use as a handy reference guide, and you can download this one-page cheat sheet absolutely free inside of our Loot Locker section of our site. All you have to do is go to warriorlife.com loot to pick it up, and grab a bunch of other cool reports and training tools that are waiting for you in there. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training. Urban survival. Close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey, what's up, Warriors? Jeff Anderson here, warriorlife.com and Warrior Life Academy. I can still feel that bullet grazing by my ear just a few inches away. It was my very first combat mission and I was bounding up on the enemy objective from one cover position to another cover position. And as I was sprinting, I could I heard the whiz go right by my ear. It's, it felt like I felt it, even through my Kevlar helmet just inches away. And it wasn't until the very end of that mission that I even thought about it. How long would it have taken me? How slow would I have had to have been for that bullet not to go by my left ear, but to go straight through my coconut? Half a second? maybe a second, probably less than even half a second. That's how much it can make a difference in your speed and agility on a battlefield. Now, I often talk about when it comes to bug out bags and your survival gear about the importance of weight. And I do look at your survival gear and how you're going to survive either in a shelter in place scenario or especially if you are forced out of your home because of a natural disaster or civil unrest in the area, anything that's gonna uproot you and make you go to a plan B destination to treat it like it's a military mission. Because just like in a military mission where we are going from point A to point B, which is going to be the objective that we're going to, you're goal is to get there as fast as possible and as safely as possible with all of your gear, all of your men, everything in place, ready to take the objective or dig into a defense, whatever you need to do. Well, same thing goes for your survival scenario. If you were forced to leave, you want to get from where you are starting out that's too dangerous to the next location that's going to be safety, but you need to get there as fast as possible and with all of your family members and your supplies intact so that you can go to the next level of your survival plan. Unfortunately, I think that a lot of people, when they think about bugging out, evacuations, 
they go into this military mode. And while I do feel like it is a military mission, it's not a let's see how much gear we can strap on here and head off into zombie land. Unfortunately, that's exactly what you see everywhere you go on the internet when you start looking for either on YouTube or on Reddit or other places where people are showing all of their bug out gear that they've got inside of their bag. What you end up seeing is a lot different than what soldiers are normally have to deal with. So you find a lot of pictures with all of their gear spread out all over the place and they've got all this really cool Gucci military crap that they've, that they've got with them because a lot of preppers want to feel like they are a soldier. They want to feel badass. They want to be tactical. And the reality is that even in the military, we didn't carry a lot of the things that even the military would issue us as gear. We got to be very adept at scaling everything down because we understood the value of weight, especially for those of us that were in light infantry, you're, you don't have the advantage of Humvee sometimes or a deuce and a half or a helicopter to bring you in or take you out. Like you, your LPCs might be the only thing that get you from point A to point B. Your leather personnel carriers, your boots, and the gear that you can pack inside of a pack. And I can tell you that, especially in, uh, in cold weather type of scenarios, when I was in 10th Mountain Division, like we carried an insane amount of gear. There were times where we had to have two people, like you basically, if you wanted to get the backpack, uh, if you wanted to stand up to get back out on the road, you had to lay down on your pack, strap it all on as tight as you possibly can, and then two of your buddies would come over to you and put their foot on your foot, and they would each take a hand and then hoist you up because that pack was so damn heavy. Now, this is not the type of, uh, the type of loadout that you're going to want in any sort of a bug out situation. Unfortunately, that is exactly what most people do. But you need survival gear, right? You need food. You need all these different things. But how much is too much? How much weight can you actually carry with you? Now, it's a very individual answer. Some people are stronger than others. Some people might be younger than others. You might be able to be more, you might be able to carry more weight than somebody that has mobility problems, is, is younger or older to be able to carry more weight. And recently there was a military study that was done by a Marine captain to find out exactly how much is too much weight. It was a report called paying for, uh, paying for Weight and Blood. It was an analysis of weight and protection level of a combat load during tactical operations by Captain Courtney Thompson. But this was an amazing study. She, she really went in and dug into the data about how much exactly are our soldiers carrying and when they're going on different missions, how does that weight affect their ability to be able to carry out the mission but then also come home alive? What she found was that the typical fighting load had always been about 43 pounds of weight. And that included things like a flak vest, had your Kevlar helmet, and other personal protection gear. Now, you go down to an assault load, if you're actually going out on a mission, that might be a short-term duration that you're going out on. And it might be a much, it might be a little bit lower than that. Or if you're carrying a lot of extra ammunition with you or other gear that's specific to that mission, it might be a little bit more. 
So there's different loads that you might be carrying depending upon the situation that you're in as a soldier. And she did a lot of data, studi uh, data uh, studies with looking at models with a 13-man Marine squad against a, an, an opposing force armed with AK-47s and how the distribution of weight and the, the, the amount of weight that they carried would affect their casualty rate then their success on the mission. And what she found was that there was a specific number, a number of pounds, that if it could be reduced from the load that the Marines were carrying, resulted in a 60% reduction in casualties. 60%. Now, what was that number? Well, I can tell you that the numbers range depending upon the mission, right? So, like I said, 43 pounds might be a fighting load, but with more and more protective equipment being added by people, commanders, the Pentagon, the White House, people that were not out there, boots on the ground, carrying that, that rucksack and, and carrying all of that protection gear with them, the number just kept going up and up to the point where it got up to about 90 pounds for a fighting load and up to about 160 pounds for an assault load even if that soldier was like a machine gunner where you're carrying a much heavier rifle with you, uh, it could be javelin gunners, like you're carrying more gear, the ammunition weighs more, there's a lot that goes into that, right? But 15 pounds was the difference between 60% reduction of casualties in the models that came out. Now, unfortunately, that's not what you typically see when you find people's bug out bag images all scattered all across the net. Like, look how, look what a cool tactical soldier I am. But how do you get 15 pounds outside of your rucksack, outside of your backpack, outside of your bug out bag? Because the same thing applies to you in your survival scenario. It might be a situation where your car has broken down and the only way you have to get to your next destination is to put a bug out bag on your back. It's not ideal, but you might be forced to do it. It could be a short-term duration, if you will, assault mission, where you're simply just gonna go out and scavenge for other supplies that are in the area, things that you can use, or it might be going to a resupply point and taking advantage of things when there's no civil unrest happening in the area, and you might just want to carry something back with you. You have to carry some supplies back with you, so you might go with a lighter load. Now, I have a, another video that's out there on my 26-pound ultralight bug-out bag, and I go through all the different things that are inside of that, but I often get asked about my opinion on the gear that people already have inside of their bug-out bag, and as well as going through YouTube and other websites and forums and seeing what people are doing. And I can tell you that what you see out there is a, for the soldier that has ever had to hump a rucksack for any extended amount of time and, and an extended distance realizes that ounces equal pounds and pounds equal pain. And in the case of a life or death scenario, those pounds can equal a casualty, could even equal life or death. And so I'm gonna show you how I'm able to go through somebody's bug out bag gear and explain better ways for them to be able to pack their gear, choices that they make, so that they can reduce 15 pounds outside of their bug out bag. Now, to demonstrate this, if those of you that are watching on, the, on our, our, one of our live streams, on one of our social media channels, on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook, I'm just gonna go ahead and take a weight right now of 
a backpack that I've got with the same type of gear that a lot of different preppers out there use for their survival gear. And this pack weighs 25.9 pounds. So that's what we're gonna start with here. And I'm gonna use other people's bug out bags. So I do recommend people go on over to one of our social media channels, go over our YouTube, go over to our YouTube uh, page over at YouTube slash warrior and you'll be able to see all the things that we're doing here as well. But I'll explain it as best I can for those people that are listening to the podcast. So. As an example, one of the big things that people like, I mean, you're gonna need food in order to be, able to, to be able to survive. And so what a lot of people will do is they will go to things like MREs and they will pack up a bunch of MREs just like the soldiers do. Now I can tell you that we most often did not pack MREs. Like if we knew we were going out to the field, if we knew we were going out, we would go and get food that we knew was lighter, was filling, would give us the, the calories that we needed. And MREs will do it, they will do it. But they are also already mostly reconstituted. A lot of them are just reconstituted already with water. So that water adds up. It adds up to you know, ounces and then pounds. And it takes up a lot of extra room also. Now, one of the things we would do is we would field strip MREs and we would just get the packets themselves. We wouldn't carry all the big, the big, uh, you know, the big bags out there with us. But nonetheless, it, you can reduce the size, but the weight is oftentimes still there. And so 6,000 calories is going to be roughly, and that's what we're looking at, is like a 72-hour uh, evacuation, right? A bug out. We always plan for 72 hours, just a good baseline, right? Well, 6,000 calories is about four MREs. For those of you that are watching, you can see just how much room that's gonna take up inside of a bug out bag. So, do you need that much? This is 6,000 calories. Compare that to modern technology and what we have for a uh, freeze-dried food and by reconstituting yourself with water that you purify out in the field or on the way, on the way to your, your destination. This right here is a packet. This is a Ready Hour 72-hour kit. This is what, what I pack inside of my bag. And so this is 6,000 calories also. Now, if you want to know the difference here with what you can do with 6,000 calories, I always like to put everything inside of an eight inch patch. That's one of the things that I use for, actually as a guide for, am I using the right type of gear? Am I, am, I, am I scaling down as much as I possibly can with size and with weight? And so to give you an example, my bottom eight inch pouch that I carry right down near my hips is this entire 6,000 calorie freeze dried food pack, all inside of one eight inch tactical pouch, that's it. That just goes on the side of my bug out bag. So all of my food that I need for a three-day three uh, uh, excursion here is going to be all inside of this one pack. Now, it's arguable how, much, how many calories you would actually need. I mean, look, if you are traveling, if you really are hoofing it and you are, you're going by foot, is 2,000 calories a day going to be enough? Well, it's all arguable, right? But nonetheless, that's what we're planning for, 6,000 calories, one eight-inch tactical pouch. All right, so MREs. Now, the next thing that we have is a lot of people will add in things like hammocks, they'll add in tents and sleeping gear. And I can tell you that uh, when I was in 10th Mountain Division, it was, a, it was a testing unit for the military. And so 
we would bring a lot of new high-speed gear before it was even issued to the rest of the military. We would get out, take it out into the field and see how it, see how it worked. Well, one of those high-speed pieces of gear was a new military tent. So we took it out one time and that was it. We realized that it was heavier than what we needed. It was unnecessary because typically what we would use would be something much smaller, usually just a couple of bungee cords and one of our, our, our poncho, and we would just hook it up to a tree just with a couple of bungee cords and some, some sticks or some stakes. And that was all we needed for a tent. So a tent is one of those things that a lot of preppers will put inside of their bug out bag that is really just unnecessary. It takes up a lot of room. This is just a, a one, uh, one person tent here, and this is about the size of what we would typically use in the military as well. So for those of you that are watching, you can see that this is, I mean, it takes up a lot of space there. Same thing goes for any sort of a, of a sleeping bag that you have. Now, this is a mummy style sleeping bag here, um, but it's not, it's not packed inside of another, inside of another, uh, like a cinch pack or a stuff sack or anything like that. So it's going to be, uh, it, it looks a little bit bigger than, than what we can actually get it down to. Nonetheless, it, you can see it takes up a lot of room. So if you have a sleeping bag, if you have a tent, you wanna get rid of that stuff. If you are packing a hammock, which there are times where a hammock is what you need, you can still use other gear for a hammock. You don't need that in addition to other things. I mean, I, in Panama, you don't want to sleep on the ground, way too many creepy crawlies down there, snakes, spiders, all kinds of things. I live in Florida, same thing. I don't want to be down on the ground. I want to be up in either the trees or I want to be down in a hammock somewhere. But it's going to take up a lot of room to be able to do that. So again, what are we going to do instead of that to be able to knock off that weight? I have my entire campsite inside of, guess, yep, one eight-inch tactical pouch that goes on my bag. Now this one I typically put up on top because it's not that heavy. I don't need to put it down by my hips where I'm carrying most of the weight. And so all you really need is a tube tent. So it's a mylar, it's basically like a mylar poncho almost. It's, it's very much like a, uh, a, the survival sleeping bags, the mylar survival sleeping bags. I have the one here, Attack Bivy from Survival Frog. And I've got a, uh, this is a tube tent right here. They're about the same thing. The tube tent is a little bit bigger. It fits two people, but it's a mylar lined bag and it, it rolls up into a very, very small thing here. Now I also include in those some, just some 550 cord and some very lightweight plastic stakes that can go in as well. But you would never be able to fit a sleeping bag and a tent inside of one eight inch tactical pouch. However, I can fit my entire sleeping bag, which is the, which is the Bivy sleeping bag, the Mylar sleeping bag. I have taken this thing uh, when I went scout, you know, camping with the scouts with my son. This is what I use. I didn't bring a sleeping bag with me and I've used this for 10 plus days out in the woods, camping and everything else and just use one of these. Now I will say I've ate, uh, there's even enough room inside of my pouch for if you are using a Mylar sleeping bag, I recommend that you add some sort of either a wool, like a, like a merino wool or some sort of a cloth sack that goes inside of it. It's gonna make you more comfortable, but it's also going to absorb the sweat. There are ways to mitigate like that Mylar sleeping bag, all the sweat that builds up inside of there. The Mylar tent, if you're using one of the survival tents, is also very helpful in that the Mylar will reflect back to you temperature as well, your body, your body temperature. So it's gonna, it's gonna give that back to you. It's gonna help keep you warm in those types of climates. 
And so that's going to be very beneficial for you as well. Again, all inside of one 8-inch tactical pouch. All right, now let's go on to, I mean, I'm not even tearing apart some of these pictures that we have here, but some of the other gear that's out there is people want to add up, I mean, you need stuff for chopping wood. So people will bring a, a hatchet with them or a tactical tomahawk. It might be a, a knife that they have, like a survival knife of some kind. So a lot of people will use an entrenching tool, very helpful for digging latrines or foxholes or whatever you're going to need it for, right? Now I can tell you that we used to oftentimes put these things as, as well in our own bug out bags, or not our bug out bag, but uh, in our rucksack. So oftentimes we did carry a an entrenching tool with us. Uh, usually on our like on our shoulder strap for our bug out bag, we would have a knife attached there and pull that out here. And then very rarely did we ever bring out like a tomahawk or anything like that. We weren't chopping wood. We weren't making fires. We didn't. That's not. That's not what you do on a on a on a military mission. But nonetheless, that can make you know that's going to weigh people down right there. And so we take that off also. Now the other thing I will say is that another way that you can you know when you're choosing your bug out bag, anything that is a military style, especially, but even if it's a a camping type or, or a hiking backpack that you're using so that you don't wanna, I mean, you don't wanna be all super, super tactical, right? So if you have any sort of a frame that is an external frame, it's hurting in a few different ways. So one, it's adding extra weight, but it's also keeping the weight further away from your body, like in the old military Alice packs that a lot of people still use. So it's keeping the, the further the weight is away from your body, the heavier it's, go heavier it's going to be. So if you have any sort of a pack that uses a, an external frame or a metal frame or anything like that, then I recommend that you find another bug out bag. It's one of the reasons why in our X-Bob, all it is, it just uses a memory foam, kind of a built-in built pack. So any sort of an external frame, you're gonna wanna get rid of that. It's, this is about two and a half pounds for a military Alice pack. And again, it sets everything at the bottom about four inches away from your lower back, which just adds more uh, more problems there, more weight to you. The other thing that it does is that most of those external frames don't conform to your body. A memory foam that's ventilated, uh, we have a, a, a ventilated foam backing for ours, and that makes a big difference in being able to get you some ventilation, but also it just conforms to your body no matter what size you are. And so I don't recommend that you, all, that you have a, a metal frame either. Now I will say that what are you gonna, you have to replace this gear, so what are you gonna do if you need to dig a cat hole to, you know, for your own improvised latrine, or you need to chop wood, or you need to make a shelter, or you need a knife, and um, all of I've ever used since we, I mean, we designed a, a Bolo machete, this is our Guardian machete, but the, one of the things I like about the Bolo design is that it's essentially a small digging tool at the same time. It does a lot of different things that everything else can do. So it'll do everything that a tomahawk will do. Um, I can pry with this because this is made out of 1095 steel. This thing will hack through steel that most other gear will not. So the entrenching tool can come out. I can use, I've dug, I've dug like latrines with this, cat holes. So it can be, it's not gonna be a, a fast job for you, but it is enough that you can actually use it for digging. Same thing when it comes to survival knives. They're handy out in the field, but if you've got a machete, it takes the place of everything else that you have there. So it's one of the things that I believe is the best tool to be able to take out to the field. All right, and be able to have for your survival gear. So if we take all that stuff out of here now, 
what are we left with? If we bring the, the backpack, the, the Alice pack here back up, we were at 25.9 pounds before, and now putting it up on the scale, our goal was to get rid of 15 pounds of weight. And now we're down to only three and a half pounds. So from 26 down to about three and a half, that's uh, not too shabby, not too shabby. So we're at 22 and a half pounds or so. So you can see that this is gonna make a big difference when you just eliminate some of these tactical things that a lot of people wanna put inside of their bug out bag. Now, I will say you do have to put some of these things back, right? But a tube tent and a tack bivy mylar sleeping bag, and you do have to replace the food, but you can see there's a big difference in four MREs versus one eight inch tactical pouch. It's gonna give you the same amount of calories and it's just gonna take up less room and it's gonna be a, a lot less weight too, right? So you really wanna look at every single thing that you have inside of your bug out bag and make sure that you are looking at, is it even necessary? So just like in the military, we, we basically, we, we pack to the mission. Well, know what your mission is. If you're carrying a bunch of like medical gear that you don't even know how to use, why even have it? If you are trying to carry an AR-15 with you because you're gonna be, you're just gonna go walk down Main Street because you've gotta, you just, you, just, you just gotta go ready to take on the zombies there, um, that's gonna be heavy. I'm telling you, you don't, you don't want that. You wanna go with some, how, what can you do to protect yourself that's a lot lighter than something like an AR-15 and the ammunition isn't going to be as heavy either. Look at every single item that you have inside of your pack. And if it's not necessary, get rid of it. If it doesn't, if you don't know how to use it, get rid of it or learn how to use it. But there's so much that you can take off of there. And taking those pounds off means that you are going to be able to get there faster with less fatigue and less chance of you actually being injured. Because the other thing that all that size and weight does is, is as you're traveling, if you, if you stumble over something, it's harder to gain your balance. And so you can fall down, you can sprain an ankle, you can break a hip. There's also, you know, you can, you can get injured just because of the weight and how it's distributed around your body. I've seen, I've seen it happen lots of times. You're walking across a field, foot goes into a gopher hole or other, hit a rock, you're going across a stream. You step on a rock, it wobbles, you take a spill, and now you're struggling, right? So you, now all your stuff's wet. So you really need to take a look at what you are, are carrying and how can you take it off. So my challenge to you is get 15 pounds out of your bug out bag. If you want some additional advice, you can go ahead and go to my ultralight um, my ultralight bug out bag video. It shows you all the gear that I have in there. There's also a link in there that will allow you to go and get the packing list that is included in there as well. So go ahead and grab that. And now I wanna hear from you. What are some things that you have inside of your bug out bag or you've seen other people carry inside of a bug out bag that shouldn't be there? It should be gone. What is it that you've seen the tactical preppers out there loading up on that should never be there? Go ahead and leave your comment in wherever you are watching this or listening to it. If you're listening to our podcast, go over to warriorlife.com slash podcast or warriorlifepodcast.com. Either one will take you over to our podcast section. If you are watching us on one of our social media channels, please go ahead and leave a comment where you are watching the stream or the, the replay video that goes up there. But um, we're all in this together, so I wanna hear from you. Maybe you have some things that I'm packing that you found a better substitution for. So as you identify these things that people are putting inside of there, what are some alternatives that somebody can use to be able to lighten the load but still cover the same functionality? I can't wait to hear what you have, so please go ahead and leave a comment or if you're watching this. And until our next broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying, live like a warrior. 
You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.